If you have your Bibles with you, and surely you do, I want to see Bibles. How many have got Bibles in your hand this morning? Would you raise them? Wow. I wish I had a picture. The Word of God has the Word for us today to glean from, and I want you to turn with me to a very unfamiliar book in the Bible, the Song of Solomon, found in the first chapter, or the second chapter rather, the first verse through the fourth. And I want to share that reading with you today because I believe it can apply to all of us and especially to our graduates today. So finding your place in God's word, would you please stand with me for the reading of it? <clears throat> Solomon said, although not talking of himself, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. <clears throat> As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under the shadow with great delight, and her fruit will, uh, was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. As Solomon would change that into his own perspective and realize that this was to him also, and may it be to you and I today. But first, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for being able to come to your house today that we have gathered at the banqueting table, that we've come for the spiritual food that you have allowed us to have today, and I know you've prepared it all just right. And Lord, that it might nourish our spiritual bodies, that we might be able to live in the strength of your power, that Lord, we might be able to experience your presence every day of our lives. Guide us, God, as we look at your word and listen to you speak to our hearts. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> yes, I wanted to talk to you about the banner over us is love. And I, that seems to be a, a subject that would apply to graduates, to us, to all of us today, especially to that child of God that has been saved by his grace. And we realize that the banner of God, that is the hedge of God's protecting love, is wrapped around every child of God. That is the banner of God, which is love. And you know, the Bible speaks so much, and mostly it seems about the love that we need to have for one another and the love of God that uh, we can have in our hearts. But prompted to look a little closer at these verses that is kind of unfamiliar and strange sounding and how we apply it to our lives because it seems like in part it's not talking about me and you, but it's talking about our Savior, the very foundation of the church and the very uh, relationship that Jesus wanted to establish with the church. Now, be it known to us today that the fact is Jesus was not born when this writing was made. My Bible says it was 1014 B.C., a thousand years before Jesus would be born, and yet Solomon had some sort of a a spiritual insight of, a revel of the relationship that Jesus wanted to have with the church and with himself, that he would become, or the church would become the bridegroom, the bride for Jesus being the bridegroom. And as I, I looked at these familiar verses, I, I realized there was a ribbon, a, a trace of God's love that stops off at Solomon's writing, but it began in Genesis. And it continues through the word of God all the way to the book of Revelations, where Jesus makes his last declaration to the world and then says, Amen. He says, close the Bible. This is all I wanted to say to the world. But it's not all that God wants to say to you today because I believe if we listen, 
in the spiritual realms of our existence, God's going to say some things that you may not have heard before. And one of the things that I believe that makes the Bible so exceptionally uh, relevant in our lives today is the fact that it talks to us. God speaks in a very loud and audible voice to each of us as we read the Bible. Uh, and that ribbon that we want to look at today is that banner. Uh, what is a banner? It's something sometimes that declares an event. The banner of God's love in the Bible declares an event. The event that would take place a thousand years later when Jesus Christ would come to the cross and make that banner of love wrap around the world through the shed blood of he, him there at Calvary. And we would be able to bask in the love of God because of Jesus' sacrifice he made. That's the banner I hold up to you today. Because I say to you today, once again, the banner of God is love. And that banner is coming over us. It's an unbroken uh, connection that God has with the world. And it is wrapped up in the love that he has for all of us. Today we celebrate the graduates uh, Thomas and Nathaniel, we, and <clears throat> we realize that they've finished the course. They've crossed the line. But that line does not end at this, this particular moment of life. We realize that the finish line of all of us, not only the graduates, but for every person ever, that has ever been born or will be, there is a line of crossing that will come at the end of this life. And what's so important is that we cross that line in a committed effort to do God's will while we're here. May God help us to have that always instilled in our minds. And uh, the love of God was prompted by God uh, in his, when he began in the six days of creation, uh, in the creative uh, uh, manner in which he did as he climaxed that with the seed of mankind as being called Adam and Eve. And we know that from that day, God has been revealing himself all the way to Revelations 22, 21, where we see that the Savior wants to give his love and extend his grace to all of us. And I just love to read the last word, amen. That means that is it. That's important. What, what do we say amen? You know, sometimes a preacher is preaching and a crowd, someone says amen, and that could be, uh, that's what I believe. Uh, that's enough, shut up or whatever you might be, and I'm not familiar with that because I hardly ever hear you say amen. amen. Yeah, I heard it. <clears throat> but it's so important. It's so important for us to look at these verses. And I love the part that says the banqueting table, or what, how does it say it in my Bible? Uh, <clears throat> the banqueting house in King James. And I believe that's relevant for us today. I believe Clearview Baptist Church, this gathering of baptized believers and those maybe who are not, this is a banqueting house that we gather for the food, the spiritual nourishment that God wants to give his children. And my friends, if you neglect to come to the banqueting house, you neglect some of the food that God has prepared. You know, did you ever invite someone and, and for, a, for a meal or something and... Uh, you get a call the last minute, something's come up, we just can't make it. How do you think God feels when he prepares the meal? Prepares us to come to the banqueting house, to have the spiritual food that he's got prepared. And I am the server that God has allowed me to be. And some don't come. 
How does God feel? Disappointed? That's to say the least. God is disappointed when we neglect, neglect the assembling of ourselves together, as some do. But you haven't. You have come today, and I pray that God will give you that nourishment uh, that he wants to give you. The church is so special to Jesus, so very special. One of the reasons is that one of these days he will, the Bible says, rapture the church. What's that talking about? That's talking about in the end times that Jesus will gather together his own as he comes into the eastern sky. I shared the other night at, uh, at one of the homes, wherever we was at a time or two ago, that I believe that one of these days, this is as sure as it can be, that you might be listening to the radio going down the road and you might hear the voice that comes over the radio. Starts a little bit of static. Can't tell what they're saying. What, what's going on? The radio, I'm losing a signal. But the signal has been interrupted by the sounds that says that we interrupt this program to bring you this special message. Jesus Christ is in the eastern sky. And if you want to see the lights of God's love, step outside and look into the heavens. Jesus has just made his announcement and pronouncement that he will come together his children. What a wonderful thing it is to know that we'll be a part of that that God will gather his children together. And some says, you know, <clears throat> a lot of us have family and friends that have already gone on to be with the Lord. The Bible says that those that have already been gone, it will not prevent them of being a part of the grand coming of Jesus Christ. They too will be gathered with God in the sky. So we started the reading to you this morning. And the reading had one little word. It had one little letter in that little word, and that word was I. And we know that that's referring to the I that is Jesus, that beautiful Rose of Sharon. And I began to think about that. Rose of Sharon, I don't know a lot about flowers. I wouldn't know. I don't see any of these that I could call by name. But the Rose of Sharon has been said, and I looked up a little bit about that, and in the, the, the Holy Land area, there was a hill country, that had on the side of it some of the most beautiful flowers that they could name or could see and look at and bask at the beauty of it. And that was in, on that mountain, there was a flower that was called the rock rose. And I thought, well, how neat is that? God knows that Jesus Christ was a solid rock that he would build his church on. Reminds me of the, of the conversation that Peter had with Jesus, or not Peter, but the other disciples too, when Jesus said to the disciples, who do people say that I am? Well, some of them said, well, I've heard a guy say the other day, thought you might be John the Baptist come back to life. Well, someone said to me, uh, maybe Andrew might have interrupted, and said, well, a guy told me the other day down on the corner that maybe you was Elias. Well, I don't know said another, James. But I've heard him say that at least, at the very least, you are a prophet. Well, Jesus was interested in what the world thought and who the world thought he was. He still is today, even those who are not Christians. Jesus wants to know what the world thinks about him. But one of the important things for us to understand today, this morning, right now, is the fact that Though Jesus was asking the question what the world thought, his main concern was, yes, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And I think that's a point blank question that we all are to hear even right now this morning. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? 
Peter spoke up quite hurriedly. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon that kind of faith, that kind of belief, that kind of a positive response that you have made, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's what Jesus wants to hear from his children today. We have issues to battle with here in this world. We still have, we have even going on right now. But one of the things, oh, it's important about these issues, but one of the things to come to grips with, but now wait a minute. These issues are important. There's something that we need to stand up against or for or whatever it might be. But the question needs to be, but with all of that, the turmoil that it puts us in, the state of mind that we find ourselves wallowing in an uncertain direction, we need to stop and ponder, but wait, who is Jesus and what would he do about this situation? We were fighting in the midst of a battle, actually, of an alcohol issue that's coming on today, or now in our day. And someone had suggested, and I get so tired of hearing this, and it's on TV every day. Every single night, if you have a TV on, someone is begging you to sue someone. It's a horrible thing. The Bible even talks against it. But someone suggested, you need to get a lawyer. You need to get someone that will fight the case that knows all about this and sue them. I said, I don't want to hear it. I'm not a suing person. I'm a person who is going to stand for God. And if God's will is for this to be or not to be, that's what I'm praying for. But I'm going to put on the uniform of faith and I'm going to believe that God is going to be there as he has been in the past. And we can be triumphed over this. But nonetheless, whether we win a few, few battles or lose a few little wars, we do win the final conflict, don't we, children of God? We've read the last chapter. We've read the last verse. Even so come Lord Jesus, and he will come, and we will be the winners of all. Back to the scarlet ribbon that we spoke about. I, I just love to look at that, the ribbon of love that runs through the Bible. And graduates, I promise you today, and not, not I, but God himself, that that banner over you will be God's love and that you need to be able to recognize that, that you can be wrapped up in the protective love of God's might. And the Bible calls it being hedged about. You know, Job and his uh, conflicts of all of his family turmoil that he had, the devil said that, Job, you're hedged about with God. And that indeed he was. But he overcame even in the many turmoil things that happened to him. And we're grateful for that story that we can read. I asked you this morning, do you have a love of God in your hearts? Do you find security for your soul? Because salvation came into your heart one day. You know, that's, that's, that's the message of hope that we can have or not have. Do you have salvation in your soul today? Have you been saved by God's grace? The song says it so well, he can save you now. And I believe with all my heart that God is in a desperate need of saving souls because I believe that God is in a desperate need 
of bringing an end to the turmoil that the world has begun to wrap itself up in. God will not continue to tolerate all of this. I want to close with a story that's found in the Bible in uh, 1 Chronicles, the fourth chapter, verses 9 and 10. If you ever read Chronicles, especially chapter, or 1 Chronicles, you'll begin, to read, you'll begin to read. And these were the descendants of Judah. Ishbog, Nabal, Ezli, Epho, and all those names that you can't even pronounce. And I wouldn't blame you, and I doubt if God would, if we'd say, my goodness, where's the TV remote? But then all of a sudden, you run into something that is so important. The shortest, uh, what do you call it, biography of a person that is written in the Bible or even in our day and time. There was a man by the name of Jabez, more honorable than the rest of his brothers, and he prayed the prayer. It's often called the prayer of Jabez, and I was looking at that book just this week. I opened up the cover, and it had in the front of it, to Brother Chessie, from your friend Phyllis Webb in 2009. And I reminisced about that for a moment. Then I began to realize what a powerful little bitty book. Have you ever ever had a little book? Little bitty book says so much. And as you read that, you begin to see that Jabez prayed a prayer. And it might be the prayer that I'd like to prompt you to pray today. And the prayer was, Oh God, increase my territory. Increase my availability. Increase my desire. And he spoke about wanting God to be more than ever in his life. And God answered that prayer. Well, you read along there for a ways and you feel like that you're out in a desert place that you can't understand what the Bible is trying to say. When all of a sudden there comes an oasis in the middle of the desert. A little man, God's little man, that wanted to be bigger than he was because he knew that God would touch his life and would excel him and uh, repel him and whatever else him would be involved, that he would become more than he had ever been. Do you want to have a bigger vision for your life? Well, I read on in that little book. And it suggested that we become a gimper for God. And I thought, what in the world is a gimper? And I looked in the Bible. It doesn't say anything about gimper in those two verses. But I looked up the definition. And the word gimper in the, in the upholstering business is, uh, is the, maybe sometimes the, the, the chair and or the couch or the furniture has been completed. And you put a little cord around the edge it puts a little extra to it goes beyond the necessary part of making that to be a chair. And I thought, yes, I want to sign up to be a gimper for God. I want to have that little bit of extra desire in my life. I want someone to see that I'm the extra miler. I'm that extra touch of God's love that will cause me to be more complete than completed self. That's what a gimper is. So, If I were to pass a paper around, I don't have one with me, but you might just write it on your heart. God, let me be a gimper for you. Complete my life in the completeness of your will. And that, my friends, will change your life forever. What does God want you to do today that maybe you wouldn't have opportunity to do tomorrow? 
It might be to make a recommitment to his will. It may be if you're here and not a Christian, I don't know uh, the hearts of most. I feel like I'm uh, standing before mostly saints of God. By the way, the word saint, this bothers me a little bit because I'm not sure that I feel too saintly sometimes. But you are. As a child of God, you're a saint. You really are. But without Jesus Christ in your life, we like that much of being able to go to heaven when we die. Is heaven expecting you? They must for you to be there. Have you made arrangements for that last journey that will take you beyond the walls of this world? That commitment to Jesus Christ is what is so necessary for you to be where God needs you to be. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish at the end of life, but would have life everlasting, a home in heaven that Jesus is working on yet even today. Does he have you a place ready? The foundation for your life was laid by Jesus, that rock that we spoke about earlier. The solid foundation. You know, as I spoke when we built this church and the young graduates had part in that, we realized that it was more than just a cemented foundation. But Jesus, the solid rock of God, is the foundation for his church, the banqueting house that we've gathered at today. May God bless us, bless his sanctuary, bless this place of worship that we might be an, a holy magnet drawing people into the realms of this worship service. They can see what a joy and a reality it is in serving a living God. May God bless you as you make that commitment that you've just felt like God wanted you to make today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for so much. And I just ask you, Lord, that you would just gather our hearts together, that we'd stand in one accord, that we'd all be searching for that direction, that you would increase, Lord, our desires to do your will that, Lord, we would be able to be a lighthouse in this community that would show others how to walk the path of faith. Oh, God, bless us right now in this, your invitation, as we listen to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.